0: The Dot Connectors, brought to you by Omnia Global. Welcome everybody, my name is Lauren and I am your host for this super exciting podcast series. And today's episode is in fact our launch episode, which is really exciting. And there was nobody more fitting, in my opinion, uh, than our guest today, who really does, I guess, provide a great example of what it means to be a creative founder, entrepreneur, Everything from his journey, his story, his mindset, his views on life and his takeaway messages really do provide a source of great inspiration for fellow founders and entrepreneurs. So sit back and enjoy listening to my discussion with our CEO, Daniel Hansen. So welcome, Daniel, to uh, your very own podcast series. How are you today?
1: Thank you so much. I feel uh, very honored to be on the show.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored. I'm the, I'm the host. You're the CEO. I mean, gosh, who, who should be honored? But but I hear you. I'm I'm super excited uh, to be speaking to you uh, today. I, I always ask the same question on other podcast series that I host, but where, where are you in the world right now? I feel like I could be cheated by this answer because normally you're jet-setting. And given COVID, you're probably not doing it as much. So where are you right now? Excite me, Daniel.
1: I am amazingly stationary in Switzerland. Oh, um, well, it's better yeah, than the UK.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the UK is quite quite boring at the moment. So that's, I'm guessing Switzerland's a bit, bit more exciting.
1: I would say um, I enjoy Switzerland for being calm and collected. Everything works. You know, you have uh, almost a spa treatment when you walk your dog with the cowbells ringing. It's just purely awesome. But when you've been here locked down for 14 months, um, you know, sometimes you just want to strangle the cow a little bit, you know.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I get that feeling every day, to be honest with you. I've got a you cat, know. so it's, it's slightly different. It's not quite the cow, but I, I hear you. Oh. The, the lockdown vibe has been has been tough. But look... I'm really excited to be speaking to you, and um, I really wanted to just get a handle before we go into your story, which is hugely important um, to understand the CEO and his story, and you know what, what, where do we get to, and how do we get to Omnia Global. I thought, you know, for this launch episode, there was nobody more fitting than you, not just because you're the CEO, but because I think you are, you epitomise why we, we we are doing this podcast series when it comes to your journey, your mindset, your view on the world, how you're fun, you look at the world differently, you like to work with like-minded fiery souls. And given that we are, you know, we're going to be talking to, you know, creative founders, entrepreneurs, and also subject matter experts to sort of simplify this sort of somewhat conservative world of uh, the financial services industry. I just wanted to understand what, why a podcast series? What are you hoping to achieve?
1: Well, I would say in when I meet people and we have meetings and we have, you know, whether it's in a bar or an official meeting room or whatever, um, that... Uh, uh, dialogue you have of excitement and creating new things and the angles and how you build some value together or uh, that whole um uh, you could say essence of a meeting a one to one meeting uh, it's a little bit too bad that you can only have that one to one so the dream is to so- see if we can get some of all those angles and thoughts and and and, and value to a broader base um and bring in some people that uh, can 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 also uh, bring some some angle to it uh, and some value and hopefully we can reach more people in this way instead of me having 1500 meetings
0: brilliant so we're we're here for a time (laughs) saver for you i love it i like to know where i stand at the start of things but no no it's it's absolutely true i think you know it's 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 an insight into your world, you know, and that's not in an egotistical sense. It's that, you know, when you're having these meetings, sometimes you're generating ideas, you're having discussions, and I've been there before where you think, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. They would really enjoy this conversation or they'd really benefit. And you can't sit there, obviously, and record every conversation you have so I I think it's a smart way to do things and to bring some of the people that you know from multiple sectors around the world I think it's I think it's going to help a lot of people not only you know just on an insightful basis but actually people will go oh actually it's not as complex or it's not as you know intense and of course you know everybody likes to hear sort of uh, the ups and downs of, of, of a story or of you know what actually goes on Behind the scenes. It's not not all shiny, is it? It's not all perfect. I think some people might think no, no. Is, <laughs> life is. It's 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 not, I can imagine. Which leads me actually on my first question. We're gonna go way back now. Um I'm not suggesting you're you know of a certain age, but I want to go back to to when you were 16. And if I've got this right, you set up your first business selling computers to farmers. T- tell me a bit a bit bit a bit more about that and then your story. Up until today, yes.
1: Yeah, so basically, I think the the whole um, at least being self employed was in my blood from I uh, was little. My my dad was a farmer, my mother was a nurse, um, and the farming industry in Denmark, and especially the southern part, is quite. Uh, I I would say if you sell the top end to one guy, the four other neighbors are getting it the next following weekend. So um, it was it was quite an easing into the the tech world which I was in, in the beginning of, uh, of my entrepreneurship career, I would say. Um, so I just found it way more fun than sitting uh, at a cash register in, 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 in Tesco uh, and you know, being able to control a little bit of my own destiny. And when I turned 18, uh, I borrowed my grandma's old Ford Fiesta so I could actually bring these goods to these uh, lovely farmers. And, uh, and and back then it was so cool, right? If you send an invoice for two hundred euros, you thought, you felt you're a millionaire. Uh, so <laughs> you didn't have any expenses, you didn't have any cost. You're, it was an easy way of uh, you're moving into this world of uh, of uh, of trying to uh, create wealth for yourself. Um, but it was a journey that, that that was the fun part of it. So when I was uh, uh, in high school, I, I was running this company on the side. Uh, luckily I didn't get picked for the army else. It would be a little bit weird running that while you're running around in ditches and shooting random people. Um, so, uh, so when I was done with that and I bumped into some, some programmers who were sitting programming version 14 of a hotel booking software. And I, and I, and I was sitting in this entrepreneur kind of hub, like a white Combinator, just way, 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 way less cool. Um, in the middle of outskirts in the southern part of Denmark and I asked them, Why are you uh, who's your clients? They said, Well, we have one. They haven't paid for it, but they are testing it for us. I so, <laughs> said what version are you on? Well, we've been working on this version for a year and before that another year and I was like, Okay, so shouldn't you go to market? Uh, and I was like, Yeah, you know, we just want to make it all, you know, perfectly clear. So obviously they haven't, you know, um they haven't any sales staff in the company. They were just programmers. So I said, well, let's make a a swap here where I may uh, buy this company and then you guys work for me. And then we kind of started from there. So it sounds obviously super cool and buying company, but I wouldn't say the shepherds agreement had a lot of numbers on it. It was mostly a partnership, I would say. So, we kind of took it from there, and then we found out that none of these hotel clients ever backed up any of their information. so you, they always call you at three in the morning and Saturday night, all the data was gone. So we started developing remote backup software. Oh, you know, you know, yeah. one thing obviously to solve a a uh, <laughs> solve a, a client need, but also to regain our own sleep pattern. Um, so um so we developed a a, a software that could remote backup. Uh, you know and this was the day in the early 2000s where it was five hundred megabytes were two hundred dollars a month or whatever, right? So it was it was good times where you obviously had it to to build it from scratch. you buy a desktop computer, pretend it's a server, you get people to pay your subscription fee, and then you move it into where an actual data center, and then two months later you actually get to actually buy that server that you're charging people for, and then you know it's a self-sustaining prophecy and you get the snowball running. pure entrepreneurship all the way through. And then in the end, we added voice over IP, Mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, obviously became a way bigger market uh, uh, than hotel booking software for smaller hotels in Denmark. Um, So we spun that out into its its own company, got some investors on board, and then we got 1,100 terminals in nine months. uh, Which you know, it sounds awesome, but it was also the most stressful time in my Mm -hmm. life, uh, and it wasn't actually. It wasn't a fun journey that you were expecting building a a company like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out that investors had a lot of say, especially when you build something where um, the synergy effects between sister companies are important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up leaving that company with a a wish to uh, to focus more on the journey than the um, the technology or the business I was in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so that actually created my my love for, you know, the interest for the financing structures more than building something from pure scratch. Right. Uh, right. So uh, the wrong investors can be extremely expensive. The right one can be gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, most entrepreneurs seem to be having feeling an anti-climax when they actually do make an exit. Yeah. Um, so many wish that I speak to uh, wish they have focused more on the journey than on the exit. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. And
0: uh, And what do you mean by the journey per se, as in enjoyed it more rather than focusing on making as much money as possible, bluntly and and getting out and making it rich, I guess.
1: Yeah. You know, you could say um, the, the, the joyfulness of being an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. is that you get to be good at something. You, Mm -hmm. in order to be, in order to make money on something, you need to be good at it. So, uh, the journey of an entrepreneur, if, if, whether you build something from scratch or you build something with others from a from a higher stand, starting starting point or whatnot, is that you need to be able to deliver some of value in order to get paid well for it. And if you get paid a, a ton of money, it means that you're really really good at it. So the journey is about that you actually feel that you're doing something that works and you're good at it and you feel a win about it. It's like winning the hundred meter uh, race or whatnot, whatever it, it floats your boat. The actual cash payment in the end is just a it's like winning the the the, the trophy right yeah. you don't you don't see uh, uh, uh nadal's st- standing in the u.s open and, and 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 asking the judge how much does how much does this trophy worth you know <laughs> is it four pounds of gold or is it ten you know it's not really the point right it's i won yes you know yes. uh and then you might be in the right industry where a big win in electric vehicles, selling to a spec, is worth 40 billion and five mm-hmm. years from now, the market's completely different. You need to be in artificial uh, intelligence or a manure for like, here yeah, right. Yeah. Whatever is interesting uh, in the world. And you can't control any of that, but you can control if you become bit good at something yes. and persistent, you know. Uh, my mom, you know, once asked me quite often, actually, you know, what would you do if you go bankrupt? And I said, well, I'm not starting from scratch if I go bankrupt, starting from um, you know, the level of knowledge and the network I have and the experiences I have. So you will, have, you will only fail if you quit. Right. Interesting you know, way
0: of looking at it because I, I do feel I remember somebody once said to me, "Oh, you know, I don't." Uh, I was a tech entrepreneur actually, and uh, and he said, oh, "You only judge something after three years." And I said, "No, no, no. After a year or less than a year, you just know. And then if it's not working, you just quit. You do something else." He went, "No, Lauren, you don't." And also, after that three years, you build on what that on that knowledge that you've acquired, and you go right. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go left or right. You, it's not starting all over again. It's 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 a journey. As you say, and I do feel we are in a bluntly a get rich quick society, which probably um, makes this, the the journey seem easier, and thus people perhaps think oh, I just need to give up because it's just that they're, they're, they're not getting that that what they think they're supposed to be getting. But it's not, as you say, you it's about being good at something, and then the rewards come. You could argue thereafter.
1: Yeah, and also that the. Uh I wouldn't say the market or the media portrays uh, helps the how it's portrayed helps a lot right because mm-hmm. um everyone is just on valuations and how much they raise not judged on how much profitability the company does or how much value it creates for people or um in you know better for the planet or anything else it's always this guy has a valuation of uh, x billion uh and uh, maybe going public or the next funding round is, uh, is, is, is uh, 40% higher than the last funding round. I don't care how much money they can burn of investors' cash. I'm interested in what value it creates. Mm. Maybe someday it could actually stand on its own two feet and, and create a cash flow that is positive. So um, and, 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 and the media also seem to be finding the good stories is if you, if you made a huge win when you're 24, you know the yes. youngest uh, may, you know went public or it sold x, y, and c or have fourteen exits or whatnot mm-hmm. um, uh you know and and, and uh, there was also an entrepreneur I bumped into who who um uh, there was a story reading about it and he founded thirty companies uh and that that was that was the uh, it's like okay that's a lot of company numbers that <laughs> you form you know it's not a lot of time to to run any of them uh and we asked him what they're called, they called He couldn't name you know, half of the companies he founded. So mm-hmm. it's it's weird how you kind of get um, rewarded by something that, some, in my opinion, maybe is immaterial. Yes. And you also downplay the importance of people that can actually figure out to execute on a continuous basis mm-hmm. for a long time and create value, cash flow, profitability, and leave something for their uh, children, or the family, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been a little bit neglected. So now it's more who has a water slide in their office who has a huge funding round right yeah. what the valuation is what type of random investor do they have uh, you know so they, they kind of have this a lot, lot of window dressing for something that may not if, if you just are normal people talking would have any value yes. but in the investment world um, if you don't have funding rounds the in, VC guys cannot book their increase in value every year and show it to their investors so they can get get their fees paid out and their carry so it's so you have different agendas mm. and that sometimes is i you know i think it's not it's not super helpful because no. uh, the mental health of entrepreneurs is actually not super awesome no uh, which is you know so it, so it's creating a, a better journey for the uh, entrepreneur uh, is is more important than many other things yes. you know you could see how much energy and money and taxes are spent on fighting climate change where well, entrepreneurs are going to figure it out. You know, innovators are going to figure it out. You don't need to do anything. Just lay back and let the entrepreneurs do their thing. They're going to figure out cold fusion and a lot of other stuff is going to solve all problems like they've done for thousands of years. Yes. Right? Just get out of the way. Don't ignore them. Uh, don't uh, don't pick them off too much. Yeah. Beep. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but just focus on letting them be, right? Yes. And if you see it as a, well... 50 years ago we were probably half the population that we are today and today uh, you have several billions that are pulled out of poverty that were in poverty 50 years ago or didn't exist so you also have 20 times the pool of human capital to come up with these good ideas Mm. and you have better education you have more knowledge people can give you an iPad in the middle of Ganda and they can suck all the knowledge to you the same knowledge as you can in a westernized country so it's um so i don't have a big fear of where the world is going and, and this whole world's going to go under because the decrease increases one percent in 100 years uh because it's not going to no. because you have a billion people of what one percent is gonna be good entrepreneurs and that's more than you need you only need a few einsteins around and then happy go lucky yeah absolutely so, yeah um, so i have a blind faith in entrepreneurship because entrepreneurs are used to pulling rabbits out the head on a daily basis while mm-hmm. pretending everything is awesome being on a stage and talking like uh, they're going to save the planet, and in reality, I have no idea how to pay salaries the following Monday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, and, and 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 there's this something to it. So, if we just create the perfect environment or do that, then I don't see um, I don't see any issues in that regard. No. But we need to make sure that the mental health of these uh, entrepreneurs are well kept, and with the media doesn't portray. Um, if you do another social media privacy annoying app um, and get $5 billion of funding, then it's just awesome because you could be on some Forbes list. Yes. I'd rather see the ones that actually create continuous value and have a ton of employees and cash flows coming from the market. Yes. Uh, so that's just my opinion. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I hear you. I think the media has got um, a big part to play in how they uh, portray the world of of entrepreneurs and and what that journey looks like, and and I also note your comment about mental health um, of entrepreneurs, and we'll, we'll come back to that later. But look, let, let's talk a little bit more about your journey. Tell me, um, how did the idea come about for Omnia Global, and tell tell me a bit more about Omnia Global itself.
1: Well, you know, as uh, continuing on from the the the, the trip where my own experience from uh, having investors and the, the right ones or the right the wrong ones and then this um, anti climax when you when you, you know, when you exit uh, i decided to figure out a way where the journey was more exciting and the um, the endless funding rounds you know probably wouldn't be as needed um, uh, and that 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 that, that threw me into the this 13 year journey uh, of, uh, of learning how the public market works, how to take companies public, how to finance them, how to uh, raise debt uh, on the capital markets. In order for um, when you invest or you join in or you are part of a company that you can focus as much of your energy on running the business and growing the business and taking it where you want to be taking it instead of, um, of working on uh, funding rounds or presentation to investors and this whole usual, you could say, storyboard uh, that you usually play by. Um, So obviously it took five times longer than planned, uh, but like all entrepreneurship projects do. Uh, But we ended up in in a place now where um, I get to build companies together with other entrepreneurs uh, without having to build them from scratch and without having to uh, pretend to be a private equity fund or a VC fund with a five year clock, you know, stopwatch mentality and a lot of LPs to satisfy and um, and exit uh, after a certain time, no matter if you want it or not. So uh, I like the the creating of value uh, as a partnership where everyone feels like they're um, getting the best bang for the buck or enjoy the journey together more than um, sitting on opposite sides of the table. Uh so I kind of build it from where I wanted my own journey to have been. Uh when I moved from entrepreneurs into a little bit in entrepreneurship more into investing and 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 um, and partnering up with entrepreneurs. Um, uh so it's it's been based on experience and uh of myself and then a very big um faith and curiosity to uh learning uh how to how this all works right because i'm not a banker i'm not investment community at all i've uh uh, i've been an entrepreneur all my life but having the understanding of the financial markets just makes it easier for you to uh, continue to keep control of your company and build it longer and spend less time on uh financing rounds and whatnot and more on building and running your company you know shortly put it shortly how to enjoy the journey more Mm. uh
0: yeah absolutely. and and it sounds like you're sort of like the the entrepreneur's hero, if you like, you know you're trying to break this sort of monotony, not monotony, but this sort of this is just the way it works when you want to scale a company and you want to go public. you then have to sit opposite sides to investors who frankly are only interested in in one thing typically and you you feel like suddenly you know you're 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 up against people that that are not on your side. It sounds like you're you're sad on the side with the entrepreneurs would would that be right?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's built from the perception of how would I do this in a partnership. So if, if I were bumping into some people and I wanted to build something cool with them, if I have all my experience and and curiosity and, and 13 years of experience with, uh, with financing in a way where you don't lose control and you can actually enjoy having investors on board um, and, and you don't need to exit your baby, you can keep running it, if you will, Mm -hmm. um and you don't need to 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 um uh to accept these paradigms or these perceptions or cliches about how you should be doing it um so i might just have been stubborn enough to 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 try to uh, see what works and what doesn't i haven't been afraid of uh, afraid of failing either Uh, Mm. you know a lot of stuff we tried didn't work out um and and in the end you end up with a model that is that that is workable um and um of course you get beat in the face by, you know, once in a while, but you know, that's entrepreneurship for you. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, I could, I would say it's, I wouldn't call it a heroism. Uh, it's just pure stubbornness, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, uh, keep on going until you succeed kind of way, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, yeah.
0: Which is like life, isn't it? You know, you, if you keep giving up, you'll never get anywhere. But the reality is first time, you could be first time lucky, but but often you're, you know, it's a byproduct of learning, falling over, getting back up, applying what you've learned. And, you know, that's like when anything in yeah. life, you know, something comes to an end, it's not it's not a failure. It's only a failure if you don't learn from what happened, I think.
1: I can remember, remember it was Kobe Bryant who said, I never actually lost a game. I just ran out of time.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, rest is right. so brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because it,
1: it, 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 it's, you, you, know, you only fail when you give up, right? Completely. And the, the longer you keep trying, the more experience you have, and the better your uh, chances are of succeeding. So I, you know, entrepreneurship is, is actually not being about having the best idea or, um, or coming up with something brilliant overnight, and then you have to protect that idea for, for any cost. Um, it's about constantly adapting uh, to what the market actually wants. And just you know keep going it sounds like a cliche but it's that simple
0: yeah no no no, it it, it is and of
1: course if you can uh, if you're better financed or you have a better financing platform uh, so you don't have a stress of uh of funding right uh, fundraising so you have more time running the company that also means the risk of running it is is less and if you have no um no fixed exit date or rounds you need to fulfill and you can just run it in the pace and the tempo that you see fit uh chances are you're going to succeed. Uh, with a better um, percentage-wise than, than than the VC-funded guys, so um, so it's about cutting your risk down a little bit, making sure your mental health is a little bit better, and making sure that you're easier funded um, and you have more time running your uh, running your company. Brilliant,
0: um, and and so just for our listeners who may you know not know too much about Omnia Global, in a nutshell. If if I'm an entrepreneur and you know and I've got this this idea that you know I brought it to market I want to, I want to take that next step what can you do for me Daniel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know from the entrepreneur who's running a company and, and, and is looking to scale it might it might be a startup but it might be a little bit more than a startup so they are established um, unless they want to uh, unless a specific number of of capital will will spun them into growth. Uh, uh, so from an a deal agnostic, you know, it doesn't matter which industry they're in, uh, as long as it's not degrading of the planet, degrading to women, or hurts animals. Uh, we we look at anything under the planet. Um, and uh, what we try to do is, if you're looking for a venture capital or a private equity firm uh, to 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 uh, invest in you, and you may not have had any other investors uh, really until now, or not institu- institutional ones anyway, um, we would look to help. Uh, these entrepreneurs grow their business by an easy have access to finance, both debt and equity, and bring them public in a very early stage, where we are the the main uh, investor and and uh, conduit and uh, project manager to making this happen. Um, and we'll we'll do it extremely transparent, so that uh, um, we'll 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 do it in a way where it's the cheapest, non most non diluting way for the entrepreneur, and we get out of their way. Uh, so I look to be a passive partner on the long run. I might be active if they want me to or the company. We, we do have different competences in the firm, of course. But we look to help companies grow and entrepreneurs grow from a startup kind of growth phase of their lives in a way where they would like to end up being a public company uh, with the most non-diluting way where they keep as much control as possible.
0: Brilliant. And if I may ask, and you might might say, oh, don't ask about that, Lauren, but am I correct in in uh, suggesting that Omnia Global is run by yourself and your partner?
1: Well we're yeah, we are a, a true family office. Yes. Uh, I also have two co- uh, two cousins in my firm. Uh, we're a very diversified base from a handful of different countries and a handful of different cultures. Um, so it's a very broad from LA to Singapore. Uh, but it 's extremely family focused mm-hmm. um, and it's it 's uh, the journey and who we work with and and the feeling that, that gives us is more important than uh, the i would say the perfect yield or the perfect upside yeah. um, we don 't have any lps to satisfy we don 't have any rush so for for us as a family office running our own balance sheet mm-hmm. uh, which probably is a little bit uncommon to other family offices um, uh, is that um we're more focused in the people we work with uh, and what we are creating together, uh, because there's a lot of profit in the market already. So we don't need to squeeze that last drop of percent uh, out of it in order to um, uh, to optimize our balance sheet. Uh, we'd rather do uh, skydive centers and uh, and jetpacks than we want to do uh, oil drilling in Alaska, even though there might be more money in the last part.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. And there's, there's been quite a few words that I've, I've heard you drop in sort of you know partnership you are talking about your your business there which is it seems that your culture is the most important thing hence you've got people around that you trust that you know it you you're not just sort of going gun ho there's, there's purpose and there's meaning there's a story attached to everything you're doing and you you've mentioned a few times now mental health and i wanted to speak sort of more i guess your kind of your your opinions your views for fellow entrepreneurs you know tell me about if if i may ask your mental health Journey and what you would tell other entrepreneurs at different stages to do or not to do.
1: Well, I would say the uh, one of the points is uh, not focusing on the exit uh, at all, um, and and don't don't go for uh, gazillion funding rounds uh, strategy. Go for uh, creating a stable cash flowing business early on. Than most people might think you should. Um, it's less stressful for sure. Um, if you have it in you to, uh, to go the whole valuation, exit route, uh, PowerPoints, where it all about getting so-and-so valuation for the next round, you're more of a financial entrepreneur than you're, uh, I would say, the build-from-ground-up entrepreneur, uh, which is obviously fine, um, then, it, then it's for you. The most majority of entrepreneurs we bump into are um, always looking for financing the next chapter of the venture of the business and um and doing that in a calm way that there's no rush and making sure that you pick your investors or your people you work with so they fit your um, you, you know you you should be on the same page mm. uh, because you can quickly run into a few investors uh, that that will uh, make you run twice as fast as you actually would like to um, and then it you know you might be lucky to end up with a unicorn which is a 1% chance you do but the journey wouldn't be as fun so okay. Uh, and it would always take four or five times as long as you think, and you will always need five times the amount of cash to to make it happen. So unless you are willing to spend ten years with uh, with the company at least, um, you know you you shouldn't you shouldn't start to be honest, right? Because it's going to be a a, uh, <laughs> a a a struggle uh, from day one. Uh, but the cool thing about it is you learn to raise your bar, your stress bar, your uh, what you think you can accomplish, what you think is the actual problem. You need to deal with uh, 100 out of 101 worries never happen. Um, mm-hmm. So you become a mental strong person on the other side of it all. Um, and uh, and that obviously is a, is, is a huge benefit. Um, but it, it always comes as a surprise to everyone how long time it takes, how much money they need and how important it is to pick the right investors and the how the right funding model going forward Rather than just uh celebrating when someone size you know signs up to invest,
0: yeah absolutely I mean you could argue you've gotta spend as much time and you know do as much due diligence on your investors as you would uh, someone you're going to marry because frankly it's probably quite uncomfortable and rather hard to get out of if uh if it's not the journey you want it to be and and it sounds like you're trying to really get get a hold of that and sort of, you know, make it clear, it doesn't have to be, you know, this sort of, oh, well, I'll just put up with, this is how I'm going to be treated. And you know, I can't ever really get get a hold of my baby, as you said earlier, you know, the company, I'm going to kind of lose yep. a lot of it. It sounds like you're sort of saying, no, 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 no I'm going to I'm going to break the mold here. I mean, do things differently, I'm not going to take control. Um, and that's what I I get from you, really. It's it's that point of, of difference. I mean, if if I'm an entrepreneur. You know, and, and we've spoken a little bit about, you know, scaling uh, a business. But if I'm somewhat intimidated, uh, you know, I could be this great person who's super successful. And then I come into this sort of rather conservative world, which we've spoken about before, of the financial services industry, all of these various financial metrics, things that I don't understand. And, you know, bluntly, we don't. We don't always like to say we don't understand it. We don't get it because, of course, you know, we're entrepreneurs and we're really successful. So, of course, we must understand it. I mean, what would you say to someone who's who's really quite, you know, reluctant or or frightened bluntly about scaling a business and entering into this conservative world of of funding?
1: Well, I would say, well, nobody knows what they're doing. Everyone is just pretending. Mm. Uh, Some are just better at it than others, (laughs) uh, to be honest. Uh, because everyone who's growing a business is always in uncharted territory so mm-hmm. they cannot know what they're doing they might have tried something before but that was in a different time and it was a different market uh, so it doesn't really count so if, when investors are sold investments it always states in the bottom somewhere that if you know past performances is not a guarantee for future profits right uh, and it, that's be put anywhere because it 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 it, it fits for everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, nobody, everyone who was the smartest guys in the room, uh, you know, in in, in October nineteen, uh, thought they would know you know how twenty twenty will go, and, and little did they know there's a pandemic coming. Uh, mm. So nobody, you know, everyone is an uncharted territory. If you're not in uncharted territory, you're not growing. Uh, mm. So that's even worse. Um, so you shouldn't be afraid of of trying something new. Uh, and always asking uh, a, a lot of people for um, for their experience in a certain size you know if you're talking to a lot of people about their experiences is like you know reading books extremely fast you, you need to suck knowledge to you and experiences without going through them as fast as possible if you want to avoid too many pitfalls or learning curves yourselves uh but uh, being afraid of it is definitely uh, uh the worst thing you can do you know it's, it's it, um you know the the guys playing basketball to be number one in the world. They probably missed a few hoops along the way, right? It's it's you know practice makes a makes the champion. Um, mm. So you cannot be afraid of not knowing it all. If you think you know it all, you definitely lost. <laughs> 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 you know, so that's that's it's probably the worst. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, of course. And, and you know, given I feel like I'm talking to this sort of fountain of knowledge type individual now. I I love the answers I get to this question, but is there anything that you wish you'd known ten years ago that you now know?
1: I would say, scale faster. You know, think bigger, quicker, or earlier. Um, uh, but also, there's also things you don't want to know. You, you don't. You don't. You don't want to be aware that it's going to take a decade when you think it's going to take a year. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> right. Gosh. So
1: you also you also want to be you know, in a bliss of, you know, you know, ignorance, right? Because that, that watch keeps you going. So technically entrepreneurship is you set out sale, you're thinking this going to be a success in two years, I'm just going to need a few hundred grand and then I'm off to the races. And then a year down the line, you're a million in debt and there's no turning back, you're in the middle of the lake, right? Yeah. So you, you're like, okay, forget it, uh, this cannot be made back sitting at the cash register at telcos anymore, right? So <laughs> now I pray to make this work, right? So you have this, uh, imposter syndrome role Where you're like I have to make this work Because <laughs> You know I owe a bunch of investors money They might have taken the risk Or whatnot, But you still feel That you borrow from the bank Right So it, it, there's, there's an element to um, uh, Technically getting Out in the middle of the lake So there's no turning back Because then you stop Thinking about um, Well If it goes to this point I can always quit And go back to whatever there's no going back, right? Because uh, there's no sane person will go from uh, creating entrepreneurship, having all the freedom in the world, actually seeing traction, and then going back to having a regular job. Uh, mm. So once you are in the water, make sure you are so deep that there's no turning back. You have to continue for that <laughs> island that you cannot see yet, right? <laughs> it is just, uh, you know, trick yourself. That's definitely number one, right? Um, so what I would wish I would have known was... Uh, Instead of joining these random networking group in your local community where you sit with ten other companies doing the exact same thing and then you talk about normal stuff of how to uh, you know maybe cut down on your credit facility or get paid quicker or you know these normal things, you need to move to somewhere where the level of people that you actually want to be you know like, learn from the ones that are five steps ahead of you all the time Mm. instead of doing these networking groups with people that are not smarter than you at all you need to be in a room where everyone else is smarter um and the quicker you go that and and, you know you may need to move somewhere or travel somewhere but um work for free for someone that is you know if, if i could have worked for free for someone that um i was seeing as a person of that time that i really would look up to uh, that would probably be the way better education than my entire school history, um, right? So it's uh, but finding these people is not easy, especially when you're 20 years old or whatnot. So there's also a natural learning curve to it that you just can't skip. It's 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 complete luck and timing if you get to found uh, Snapchat and go public when you're 21. Mm. Uh, it's just it's happening one in a million years. So don't compare yourself to that. The average entrepreneur is 30. What 38? Years old before they actually wow. create a company that actually makes a profit. So, because you need experience, you know, and, and a lot of the people that actually manage is people that are not still that are not entrepreneurs since they were sixteen. They actually just became it when they are like thirty years old or thirty-five. They mm-hmm. came out of a job and they learned a lot for the last twenty years. Now they found out how to maybe do a little bit better. They have an easy way of raising capital. They have an easy way of of growing and finding a team because they may already know who that is. Um, from their p- previous job. So a lot of the entrepreneurs who are actually making it hasn't done other than one company, but they just started off a lot of experience in their late 30s or 40s or 50s or whatnot. So this whole concept of you're born an entrepreneur, you, know, you might be mindset-wise a little bit, but that doesn't mean you have to start either at your 20 or it's all lost forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Um and, and and in some financial entrepreneurship where you're maybe um, acquiring a few companies and taking them public, that's more of an arranging job that it's a, a entrepreneurship coming up with a brilliant idea job. So you can do a lot of financial entrepreneurship uh, in any day and age, um, and you don't need to have 20 years of experience. You just need to have people skills and read a lot of books and bump into the right people and listen a lot. Um, So, curiosity is definitely on the, and if you're, you need to be extremely patient and curious um, and humble of what you know and what you don't know. uh, Mm, Then then you're going to have a good journey.
0: Absolutely. A a fantastic answer to that question. And and actually, it sounds like, uh, without coming across as cliche, you know, you're suggesting entrepreneurs need to be dot connectors, you know, connecting dots. And you're not sure which dot connects to which. But, you know, if you meet somebody or you read something or you've learned something, it's connecting it all to, to get somewhere. And that's somewhere you're not quite sure where. And I love the idea that, you know, when you're in the middle of the lake, a million pounds, you know, up to your neck in debt, you know, you can't look back. You can't give up. You've just got to go. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to get there. And, and it, it sounds to some extent for some people like sheer madness but to others it's like well brilliant this is great you know and I'm, I'm a little bit nervous for that debt i'm a little yeah. bit nervous i'm not sure i can pay the bills but you know what i'll get there and then and it's it's you know it's self belief isn't it and and being around people that will support you not put you down and i think it's all these components we talk about the sort of the the practicalities the physical but it's also i think about a support network isn't it around you
1: yeah it's definitely um uh... One of the, I think, the challenges or the realizations that people might experience uh, entrepreneurs more than others is that when you're on a constant journey to develop yourself uh, to the next chapter all the time, because in order for you to succeed running a business, you need to become a person that people will follow. You need to have a calm attitude no matter what you go through, because people are looking at you and wanting to, for you to have all the answers of where we're we going, how do we solve this? Uh, how do we move through this crisis Or whatever we're in um, So you need to become a, a certain person To deal with, uh, with situations and, and, and the world in general In a certain way So it, you're on your own personal development uh, journey While you're also trying to become good enough At something uh, Because a lot of the entrepreneurs Has not, no idea how to lead a company Or leadership Or um, haven't read a, you know, uh, an MBA uh, because you don't have patience for that, we need to move forward. Uh, but you need to become a certain person that provides a certain value and, 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 a, and a following in order to actually carry out your strategy. You cannot do it alone, you can only do it with a team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and while you're doing that, of course you will have people along in your personal network, can be old friends, can be business partners and whatnot, which cannot see the dots. Or they don't have trust in the dots will connect in the end. Mm. Um, so you have to be able to um, uh, move to the you know move with the people who move with you. you know you need to yeah. be able to travel in the same direction. And if you're lucky enough to have a partner that does that, or um, uh, uh, people always say you cannot work with friends in your company, you can if you're growing in the same direction. Mm. but if you're not growing in the same direction. Uh, people are a little bit um, you know can be a little bit weird that uh, not everyone wants you to, to see you succeed not everyone wants to do better than them and uh, and a lot of them has you know especially when you're turning around forty right because that what people start to realize if they have if it's starting to be too late to follow their dream in their own opinion right yeah. or you know it's like a turning point of should I be envious of all the ones that actually pulled it off or actually did take those 10, 15 years to develop and being called all sorts of stuff along the way? Um, or should I um, follow along and maybe I can do it myself? Mm. And, and there are some countries where in the US, if you come out of the woodwork and you make a billion dollars, everyone was like, would like to know how you did it. You know, That's their original question is, how do you pull it off? Right? Because maybe I can get some knowledge, maybe I can do it myself, but then can learn something from it. Where in some other countries in the Nordics like we're from, it's more like skepticism, right? Unless you made 700 million last year, and now you're making a billion, you probably did something wrong, you probably cheated on taxes or stole it from someone. Uh, there's <laughs> definitely something wrong, and money's not everything or something ridiculous comment, uh, right? So depending on which culture you're in, um, it can be a very different journey, uh, and you need to be prepared for that separation uh, as you move through the, uh, uh, the layers of, 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 you know, where you're developing yourself and where you're going, um, mm. uh, which can be a weird experience the first couple of times.
0: I bet, I bet. And, and do you know what? I think to, to conclude today, it's been fabulous talk to you. You know, I remember somebody saying to me, don't listen. You know, we get so much advice. Some A lot of it is unsolicited, but don't listen to advice from people that you wouldn't go to for advice in the first place. You know, and I think that's really, really key. There's so much you know uh, I, suppose, I suppose they, they mean well or well, you hope they mean well but I think there's often people who are jealous who wish they'd have done it but really focus on the people that you would go to in the first place for advice because otherwise I think you you can get lost but listen Daniel it's been an absolute pleasure interviewing or rather speaking to you today it's been really really easy talking. to you and I'm Absolutely certain that this will help a number of people, uh, you know, with your your quite candid, very upfront and honest advice, which we all need in today's world.
1: Well, a lot of experience.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't suggest that you're older than you are, Daniel. You look good. I'm sure you're not that old yet. Uh, But no, listen, thank you. And, And listeners... Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe and catch us next time for another episode. And thank you once again, Daniel.
1: You're welcome. Pleasure.